Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey now, welcome in Semper Fi to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. AMFM.com and the Odyssey app. Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick here with you till 4.30 this afternoon as we hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for their official pregame show and the voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Herb, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm great. We, my wife and I got a chance to see our daughter last weekend dance at Georgia Tech. Um, it was a horrible weekend for football <laughs> all over yeah. the place, even Atlanta. It was bad. Um but we enjoyed ourselves, man. We had a good time. My daughter's team actually was the hip-hop champions of the dance. Uh, I think it's the NDA um, dance competition that they won. They won the hip-hop uh, nice. division of that. Yep, that was pretty cool. So it was nice. We had a good time. At least somebody won last week. <laughs> well, they didn't dance last week. They just received their rings last week. And these oh, okay. rings look, look just as good as, uh, as any other championship ring. They were nice, too, man. Well, at least they had something to celebrate because there wasn't much to celebrate last week between LSU and the Saints and Tulane. I mean, just couldn't catch a break. LSU on the road this afternoon in Lexington, Kentucky, taking on the Wildcats. Herb, listen to this. They're 5-0, and 16th ranked in the country. This is going to blow your mind. They're minus 9, Herb, in the takeaway-giveaway ratio, but yet they're 5-0. and 0. I'd, have never said, I'd have never thought that. If you had told me Kentucky was minus 9, I said, well, they're winless. Think about that. They're, they're losing the turnover margin, but winning games. It's amazing. It just goes to show you how much, I guess, talent they have, how much tenacity they have on the field when they're playing. Um, that just doesn't make any sense. That's that, that's not what the, I guess, the, the, the stats tell you and, and what history tells you is supposed to happen. But you know what? It's 2021, and anything can happen these days. So. Yeah. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, this, is this the same Kentucky Wildcats that we played against? Yeah, it is, but that's the same team. The reason why I say it's the same is because they've always had talent, right? Okay. And now they just put something together with, with Coach Stoops now, and they have um, some, you know, just some phenomenal, I guess, opportunities that they take advantage of during the right times of each game. And that's why they've been winning, even though they're losing the turnover uh, margin. Yeah, look, they're talented offensively um, near the top of a lot of SEC categories. Again, offensively in the def- defense, that's kind of – they just play good. Um, bend but don't break. Herb, you know, they'll they'll give up yards between the 20s, but they're really good in the red zone, uh, and, they, and they play good third down defense as well. So that'll be an area that LSU is going to have to 
If they get into the red area, they've got to they got to cash in not not with threes, but with six today to beat the Wildcats, and they are 16th ranked. And Herb LSU comes in at three and two. Coach Ed Ogeron losing last week, and the Tigers losing last week to Auburn. Uh, how warm would you say Coach O's seat is right now? It you know it's it's warming up. Let's say that it's um, so if you got a you know a scale from one to five or let's call it one to ten, and one is cold and ten is hot. I think it's somewhere around a three and a half, four, something like that. He comes out of this game with a loss, like a, a convincing loss, like. Um, where it looks like we're, we're not even in the game and, and we're clearly outcoached, I think that's going to turn into a six. And then you go into next week, and you never know what happens then. And it's just really – it's not looking too good. But I still give our guys a fighting chance. I still think that – I don't think that Coach O is the guy that's going to, you know, as they say, put his tail between the legs and, and turn his back and run away. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to do everything that he knows – uh, how to do in order to get these guys prepared and ready to play as well as the coaching staff that he has. Um, I don't, I don't see them shying away from anything. Now it just may end up being that they get out coached or outplayed or whatever. I mean, that's just the way it is. And you can't lose, especially in the situation that he's in. Um, but I, I do think that he's going to do everything he can to be successful tonight and moving forward for the rest of the season. Um, so it's just going to be a matter of, whether or not the guys can execute um, on the field, right? Because I know, you know, at the end of the day, the coaches can do everything they need to do to get these guys prepared. Are the coaches doing what they need to do to actually prepare the guys? And then if the guys are prepared, can they actually translate that to the game, game night, whatever, you know, the situation is? And the biggest thing is going to be whether or not they can protect, protect Max up front and then whether or not we can push some people around up front on the offensive line and get a run game going. That's going to be the the biggest key, I think, to tonight's football game is can we do that? Because we we look lackluster for you know um, <laughs> for for lack of better words last week in the run game, and that's just it's just not it, it just can't happen, right? That's just you know it's not acceptable. Period. So so we'll see, but I think that's exactly what needs to happen, and that's what I think, Coach. You know, Coach O's seat is somewhere around that three and a half, four range on a scale of one or zero to ten or whatever you want to call it. So that's what I think. Yeah, Herb, I like the, the analogy. It's on about a three, three and a half. So, like, if you're scrambling some eggs, you know, you're on a gas you're on a gas stove, you got it about a three, right? You don't want to burn the eggs. You don't want to cook, cook yep. too quickly. So they're about, yeah, three, three and a half if I'm operating on a gas stove. Yeah, I like it. Um, Herb, you know this, and tell me if I'm off base here by this next statement. If you can't run the ball in the SEC, you're in big trouble. You just are. The pass rushers are too good. The defenses are too good. And I just think if you can't throw a team, just keep them uh, honest with a run and successfully running it, man, it makes it harder to play offense. In particular, quarterback, you know that, because then that's a play-action passing game. opens up a little bit when you start running the football, and it keeps defenses on their heels. You know, it's funny um, because I'm I'm literally on a text thread Right now, even as we speak, um, let's we'll start from the very beginning, right? So, this I think the, we played Kentucky in 1997, I think in Lexington, and Kevin had five rushing touchdowns. Right, he had like 200 something yards, something crazy like that. It was ridiculous. So, 
this morning I sent out a, a text thread with that particular, some video of that and those stats and whatever, to Kevin, Rondell Mealy, Cecil Collins, um, Kendall Cleveland, and Anthony Skinner, and we're all on that text thread. And we were just talking about that and what happens and how that, um, how he could get five touchdowns that year. And the first thing Kevin says is, that night was all O-line work, period. Yeah, yeah. Cecil came back and said, man, those holes were really big, <laughs> right? And then I came back being the guy, the guy that I am, and I said, yeah, that's absolutely correct. The The play call was perfect. The quarterback put the right play in position for the guys to be successful. The offensive line executed the, the blocking scheme, opened the holes up for the running back. As the running back runs through, he has great vision, sees where he needs to go, great downhill running, and finishing the runs. So if you think about all that that's compacted in that one little statement and then the whole text thread, and then Kevin, of course, comes back, okay, Coach Herb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But with that being said, that's exactly what it is. It's unfathomable for us to be able to think that we can't even run the ball downhill when it counts. And we're LSU. That's not what we're made of. You know, we we live and die by, at the very least, getting the first down on third and two right, or yeah. second and three or whatever it may be by running the football and just for or first and ten and getting four to five yards and being ahead of the schedule on the down and distance. So yeah. it's important, man, and it's just it's just unreal that, you know, in this day and age, it doesn't matter how much you throw the ball around the yard, you still have to be able to run the football. And as it stands right now, I think, you know, Corey Kiner in the SEC for LSU is ranked number 25 in Tell me when the last year you've seen or last time we've seen any LSU running back outside of the top 10 as the top running back in the SEC. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And um, we got to turn some things around. Um, we got to get up front. You know, and look, man, once again, and I keep going back to this, and I've always gone to this, uh, K-Dog, is new offensive coordinator. But let's just remember, too, we have a new offensive line coach as well. So this, the guy that we have now – it's his first year in place, so we got to give him an opportunity to get these guys right, bring in his system and how he teaches these guys and that kind of stuff. But right now, this year is one of those crazy, funny years where we need you to do it now, right? So we got to have it happen now. Now, I don't know if that's a combination of position coaches or scheme of offense or lack there of talent on the offensive line or, understand the, or understanding the scheme from the offensive lineman or just playing in unity from the offensive lineman, whatever it is, it has to get fixed, and it needs to get fixed really quickly. Yeah, Herb, I, I get it. It's, it. New offensive line coach, new play caller, but unfortunately at LSU and the SEC, you don't get a grace period. <laughs> There's no acclimation period. It's no. just not. No. It's, that's the way it works. You know what I mean? Like, I get it that it takes some time, you know, to get into a rhythm and get his guys, get the O-line right, but you don't have time. <laughs> you just no. don't. That's just a fact. Well, because you get exposed week in and week out, right? <laughs> and that's the thing. So, and people, you know, and let's just call it the fans. The fans, we 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 see what we see on TV, and that's what it is. And we expect greatness. And sometimes we'll get it, sometimes we won't. And when we won't, we're going to let you know. But when we get it, we're going to let you know as well. So it's just a matter of what what, you know, how can you pinpoint the actual issues can you resolve those issues, and can you make that translate to the actual field on game night? He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. We are just getting started here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL.
unranked LSU against 16th-ranked Kentucky at 6.30 from Kroger Field in Lexington, Kentucky. You'll hear it right here on WWL, AMFM.com, and the Odyssey app. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. And, Herb, I spent um, about eight years in Kentucky. My dad was stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky, in the Army. And I feel like I know that university, at least the fan base, pretty well. And uh, I think I've told you this before. They would preempt presidential addresses to the nation for U.K. basketball. Okay? The football was always mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the stepchild. The f- football was always an afterthought. This is rare air for them, for that program. 16th ranked, undefeated, first time they beat Florida in, what, 40-some-odd years? So I'm curious to see, Herb, how they react to being the favorites, the, the team that is, is is hunted instead of the hunters. You get what I'm saying here? And that, coming off that big win over Florida, I, I'm curious to see how UK handles that success. You know, it's it's going to be interesting, but what I believe is they have a coach in Bob Stoops that understands that. And I think he's been there long enough to be able to, um, I guess, it, drill into the psyche and the mindset of these kids how to be champions, right? Now, they've never won any championships or anything, but, you know, Bob comes from a family of champions. You know, he knows what it takes to be successful. He knows what it takes to win. I think he also knows how to instill in, in those kids exactly what it is to be successful. So, I, you know, it's one of those things where I think that he has taken his time with this program and got it to this point. And it's not like just, uh, you know, a freak accident to where they're here now, right? I think he's kind of taken the pieces and the parts and put them all together and just and this is what you see now, and I think you'll see this from Kentucky moving forward. Now, whether they win any championships, whether they go, you know, beat Georgia, that kind of stuff, you know, you, I, you know, I don't know, but I do know that um, LSU is going to go in there tonight. I think with a different type of mindset and a different hunger to win this game, and I think that's going to be something I think that Kentucky won't necessarily see. Um, because this is a team fighting for everything, right? This is LSU, meaning LSU is a team fighting for survival, you know, fighting for the coach to stay, you know, a part of the program, um, you know, different things like that. So in Kentucky, you know, and being hunted versus the hunter is not really that situation right now. You know, you, you, you're, Kentucky has a, a team that's coming in here with their backs against the wall. And and it's it's you know you know no holes barred if you will you know, and um, so it's it, this is going to be a little bit different for Kentucky and that, but I think at the end of the day, I think Kentucky has the girth to be able to do what it takes to beat LSU, but I don't know and you don't know and nobody knows what LSU team we're going to get. Are we going to get the five and four star players that we know we have with a great coaching staff, um, with hunger that's going to go out there and be a potential number five team that we know these these guys can be, or are we going to get a team that's not even in the top 25 that, you know, that, that that's a continuation of that fourth quarter from last week against Auburn, you know? Yeah. And and Herb, I think you're so, you're so right on the the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of comparison for LSU because play to play quarter to quarter, they look like they can beat anybody, right? Almost anybody. 
Um, right. Aside from aside from Georgia and Alabama, I think Georgia and Alabama are on a different stratosphere for the rest of compared to the rest of college football. Um, and then they have those moments where, just like last week, they should have won that game. They should have beat Auburn. Couldn't tackle no way we should have lost that game. Yes. So no way we should have lost that game, man. No way. No, and I tend, Herb, and you, you bring me back to reality a lot. I tend to lean more into the pessimistic side uh, with these <laughs> LSU Tigers, and and, and you rein, you rein me in pretty good most of the time. You're like, ah, come on back off the ledge, and um. You know, for me though, yeah, right. I, I'm just I'm just seeing Herb. I'm just seeing too much of what I saw with Les Miles, and let me explain that. There I was knew a you lot were going to do that. I knew it. <laughs> well, it, it, what's interesting um, before I get into the, the Les Miles conversation is over the same time span, Coach O and Nick Saban have the same record at LSU. Over the same right. time span at LSU, they have the same exact record, win loss record. But what I mean by mm-hmm. Les Miles, the, the Les Miles comparison is. It's never been a problem for LSU, even under Les Miles, and certainly not under Coach O. Recruiting has never been an issue, right? He goes out there a masterful recruiter. However, it's the procurement. It's not just the procurement of the talent, but it's the development of said talent. So that's where I'm starting to get concerned because I don't see a lot of d- development. Derek Stingley Jr. is not better today than he was as a, as a freshman. My, you get the point. I don't see these this, these big growths. Uh, and these players, I don't see a lot of growth. And Derek Stingley Jr. was a fantastic player to begin with, so maybe the ceiling uh, was already achieved with him, even as a freshman. But, man, uh, I just don't see a lot of growth, developmental uh, stuff from LSU. I just haven't seen it. You're absolutely correct. You're spot on. And I knew you were going to go with the Les Miles thing and that that kind of stuff. And I, I think that, you know, when you look at that, it's eerily similar to the you know the final I say year two years of Les Miles is you yeah. know tenure here at LSU, then we're kind of seeing that, but it's in a different light though, right? Les Miles was stubborn for you know he didn't want to do anything different. He wanted to be who he was. He wanted to pound Leonard Fournette up the middle, you know, four hundred times a game, and that's it. Huh. And then let's see what happens, right? And here on the flip side, we want to throw the ball 400 times a game because we can't run the ball and we won't even try to. <laughs> so, it, it, but it's the exact same result, right? A, 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 a L on the scoreboard, right? Um, and then when you compare the, the wins lost to you know <laughs> Nick Saban and Coach O, here you got you got a guy that everybody would look at with Nick Saban at the end of his time at LSU when he decided to move on. Everybody was like, man, this guy is on a, you know, on a tear. He's about to be the greatest thing ever, you know, and all this other stuff. And then you got Coach O at the same point. But the problem is Coach O was actually on a better trajectory than Nick Saban was yeah. because it took him these losses to get to that point. Yeah. So now we're looking at this thing from a whole different angle. So, but look, at, at, you know, and I always say this, you know, I want the guys to do well. The biggest thing you talked about was the development of the players, and this is one of the things that I I harp on all the time. It's not whether or not you have a four- or five-star athlete that can come in and play right now. It's about who do I have in the the system right now that I've developed that's been here that it's going to teach these four- and five-star athletes that's coming in how to play, how to play LSU football, how to maintain, how to be a professional about what you're doing, um, and how to enjoy what you're doing. And th- these are the things that 
I don't think we've done enough of, especially, you know, at LSU, especially when Coach Miles was here. I thought that I thought that the talent came in and it left out the same way that it came in. It never got any better. And I yeah. do believe that some some people under Coach O has has gotten better. Um, some players have, have, have transformed from a freshman to a senior or a junior that's going to be really good and, you know, that came in at a level four but not at a level six, whatever it is, or seven. Um, you know, your prime example, Jamar Chase, okay? Jamar Chase came in, and I thought that he had, he, you know, he, his ceiling was so high, and he was this, he was that, but he was dropping balls. He couldn't see, you know, it's different things like that. Then all of a sudden, you know, things kind of turned around for him a little bit. And the following year, which I think was Coach Brady's first year there, and then he kind of brought in some things and started developing those, that wide receiver core to the point of what we see today. Um, and, uh, and, and so it, 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 what you're saying is exactly true, but that's how Nick Saban, that's how Kirby Smart keeps their program. You know, even, even, you know, uh, um, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, that's how those guys keeps, keep their program uh, top five each year and each, uh, in and out because without development, without having the next guy up mentality, even if a guy gets injured in a particular game, they don't miss a beat. The guy who's behind him is just as good, not because he's just as talented, but because he's worked just as hard. We've developed him just as as great as the guy before him, um, and and they understand what we're trying to get across, and they're buying into the system that that the the coaching staff has 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 you know engaged those guys in. So it's just you know we don't see that we haven't seen that in quite some time at LSU. To be honest with you, I don't think we've seen that since Nick Saban left. I thought that, you know, Coach O when he had – I'm sorry, Coach Les Miles when he had – when he first came in and, you know, he was winning those games and having really great seasons with Coach Saban's guys or uh, Coach Saban's recruits, it kind of, you know, kind of plateaued after, you know, Saban's recruits got out of there. And then, you know, then, then of course, you know, Frank Wilson and Les Miles did an excellent job of recruiting. They top recruiters in the country for at least – seven eight years and you know those guys came in and their recruits came in and they paid those recruits right away and they were you know impactful immediately but but we never really saw any anything that was really true consistent of developing all of the players across the board so now we're at we're at we're at a crossroads with that we got to figure out how do we develop these these kids how do we get these kids to understand and buy into what we're trying to do where we're trying to go, and let's see if we can, we can, you know, maintain some sort of championship pedigree for years to come. Man, in Arkansas, Ole Miss, they are playing Pac-12 football right now. They are 17th ranked Ole Miss. They lead 52 to 45 over 13th ranked Arkansas. Arkansas has the ball in uh, Mississippi's territory. Third and four. They just clocked the play, so they're going to face a fourth and four in uh, Ole Miss's territory. This one's gone back and forth, 52-45. to 45. There, There's no defense in this game. That's why I'm calling it the Pac-12 style of football. Um, Texas and Oklahoma, sixth-ranked Oklahoma and 21st-ranked Texas tied at 41. At halftime, the, the Longhorns had a big double-digit yes. lead over Oklahoma, Herb. 18-point lead over Oklahoma, and I think it's Caleb Williams is the quarterback now at Oklahoma, number 13, came in. And it just, I mean, this kid, I, look, I don't know how he was sitting on the sideline. I 
I like Spencer Rattler, but this kid has shown some stuff. Now, he's a freshman, but he's shown some stuff today that looks like uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Spencer Rattler has been a bit of a disappointment this year for Oklahoma. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Number two, Georgia, an 18th-ranked Auburn just getting underway on the Plains in Auburn. Georgia and Auburn, and that is just, again, just underway. Earlier today, Florida blanked Vanderbilt 42 to nothing. Michigan State on top of Rutgers in a final 31 to 13. As I mentioned, Ole Miss and Arkansas back and forth. 52 to 45, Ole Miss currently leads. Ohio State clobbered Maryland today, seventh ranked Ohio State 66 to 17. And again, Oklahoma just went on top of Texas, so they have erased an 18 point deficit. Over the Longhorns, they're now 48-41. to 41. The Sooners are on top of Texas. And I love, you know this, Herb, I love to see, <laughs> who, which teams do I love to see in college football lose? Which ones? I know Texas for sure. Texas for Texas. sure. And let me, th- and let me, hold on, let me get one. Oh, man, I forget the other one. Um, they're in, are they in Florida? They, they are in Florida. The U, baby. I love to the see U. Miami thought, lose. It's going to be Miami, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Notre Dame. You know, I love seeing Notre Dame lose as well. So I'm happy to see Oklahoma <laughs> come back. What should what you know should be a victory for the Sooners over the Longhorns. I want the Longhorn tears. Let me see them, Joe and Mandeville. I want to talk. I want to hear the tears. I want to see the tears on Joe's face. I love Longhorn tears. I love Miami tears and i love notre dame fighting irish tears i love to see those teams lose call me a hater if you want that's fine that's what i'm doing i'm hating on those teams and that's perfectly fine in college football our Oakland heart jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870 we'll step away and come back this is the gulf coast bank and trust tiger tailgating show here on wwl herb how's the saying go when it rains it pours right well it's pouring on lsu um derrick stingley jr the all-american defensive back um, out indefinitely with a foot injury after going under the knife to repair the foot injury. And how big of a deal is this for LSU secondary? Well, when I saw that he ended up having a surgery this week, I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. I think he's done for the year. I, I just don't see him coming back. And if he does come back, it's just, you know, I mean, is he going to be in tip-top shape to be able to to really make a difference? And then the time that he's going to be out, you know, what are we going to do? But, hey, we're DBU. We're supposed to have the guys behind him, and I think he's going to – it's a serious blow to our defensive backfield, but also to the team as well because he was one of our leaders. Um, the guys really looked up to him, and they really thought that, he, you know, he was one of the guys that shows everybody else how to play LSU football, Tiger football, and uh, it's going to be a huge blow up. But I know Coach Corey Raymond has, 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 has got some, some, some guys behind him that he'll get ready to play and, and be able to at least sustain, um, you, you know, some some be at least half of what Derek was, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to replace the top DB in the country. It's really hard to replace that. So um, I just think at the end of the day, you know, we got the recruits, we got the guys that come in and they play. It may take two or three guys to play in that one position throughout the game, but, hey, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. So we'd, um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, our defense up front can overcome their loss on the, in the back end of it by getting some pressure 
in the quarterback's face and, and getting sacks and creating havoc up front. So hopefully that can happen moving forward. Herb, I heard a good joke last night about Notre Dame. You ready for it? Yes. All right. So what's the difference between Cheerios and Notre Dame? Um, Cheerios are sweet. Um, Cheerios belong in a bowl. <laughs> Come on, man! Come, don't, how you gonna do the 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 fighting Irish like that, man? Come on! Because they and they are always they're always overhyped. I mean, it's like they want to will Notre Dame into the playoffs, and every year they get in the top ten, maybe even the top five, and they lay an egg every year. And and when they're and I know Notre Dame beat LSU more recently in in, the, uh, in a bowl game. I get that, but when they get into the upper echelon of competition, and LSU is upper echelon, but I'm talking about big moments, playoffs, etc. National championship discussions are, are games. They melt. They melt. And, and that's the truth. I, I just get tired. Of, I mean, you you would think this is the Notre Dame back when Lou Holtz was coaching them. I mean, that's how they so, think Notre Dame is. So, uh, so melt is a tough word, right? Let's say I don't think it's that they melt. I just think that they don't match up well with the competition level that they have that they play against in those bowl games. Potato, potato. <laughs> not the matter. same. Not the same. So, if you got, let's say, you got a, a you know a Georgia team that plays an Alabama team in whatever bowl game, right? And then Georgia loses, right? To me, that's a melt because they have the same exact talent level across the across the field from each other. But when you talk about a Notre Dame, Notre Dame has to go find specific guys that are three point five or above that has thirty, you know, thirty on the ACT. They have to have these academic prowess, uh, rigorous um, um, admissions letters, and all these different things that they have to write and get before they they can even offer a scholarship to a kid. I know how it works, and so with that being said, there's not a lot of those types of kids out there, but there are a ton of five-star athletes who are, you know, 20, 20 to 25 ACTs that are, you know, let's call it 2.5 to 3.5s that are out there that don't have to do all those different things for admissions to get in that school. So that's what I mean by that. When you get to that upper echelon in the first round of the playoffs, second round of playoff championship game, or whatever you want to call it, you have to have the dogs out there, period. Now, you can get through every now and then. You might win that first round, but it just doesn't happen anymore. Look at Stanford. Stanford was up there six, seven years ago when Jim Harbaugh was, you know, was doing his thing and David Shaw had just taken over. But now they can't compete at, at all anymore. You know, and I think Notre Dame is where Stanford was back then. And Stanford couldn't even get to that number one, number two spot and be able to compete to or compete with the you know the Nick Saban coach Alabama's or anybody like that and what they can't it just it just it ain't gonna happen that's so that's what I mean by just not having the absolute um equal you know equal talent on each side of the ball field when you got a Notre Dame and Alabama staring across from each other so that's not a melt to me that's just a you know this is a bad matchup now when you come to Alabama, Georgia, and Georgia doesn't perform up to their capabilities like they have been doing over the past couple of years. That's a melt to me. 
difference of words. Okay, I I, uh, I appreciate it, Herb. <laughs> a text here. How about Alabama? You like seeing them lose too, right, Christian? Yeah, sure. I love gump tears. I love yeah. gump tears. I'll take them yeah, off. Unfortunately, we don't see them very often. We don't see those gump tears very often. But I, I'd love I'd love Alabama to lose. I love seeing them lose, but they don't do it very often. That's the truth. Uh, they don't. See. Not now, right? I mean, it's not. I mean, what? Maybe once a year, the last four or five years. But I don't. I mean, they didn't lose at all last year. I don't think they're gonna. I don't really think they're gonna lose this year. I don't, the only team I see beating them is Georgia. It's likely going to be unless they melt. <laughs> yeah, unless they melt. That's right. Likely going to be maybe in a, an SEC championship game or in a national championship game. So uh, it's definitely going to be an SEC two, championship game. So yeah, so those two are Alabama. Course. Let's say Alabama and Georgia get to the SEC championship this year, right? Um, and the way they're trying to open things up, let's say they get there and then Alabama beats Georgia. Do you still see Georgia in the playoffs? I do, especially if. Alabama is undefeated. I, I you you fall to four, you know what I mean? Yeah. three to four. I agree in that range. I don't disagree with that. I agree. I mean, what other teams can you put there, right? No, I mean, look outside of those like, two. I, I said it earlier. The, those two are the those two teams are the best the college football has to offer, and then there's everybody so, else. So the next two teams are who? Oregon was Oregon was in the top. I got to pull it up, but um, Oregon was in the top five last week. And this week, um, let me pull it up real quick. It, those two teams, though, Georgia and Alabama, they're just playing on a totally different level. Uh, the AP Top 25 poll has Iowa at three and then Penn State at four. So if the playoffs were held today, it'd be Alabama's the one, Georgia as the, as the two, Iowa as the three, and Penn State as the four seed. So the eye test. For me, right, and this is just me alone, what I see after Alabama and Georgia is the Cincinnati Bearcats and the um, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. You see them in the – the... I think Coastal Carolina is, is – if they go – if they went out and every team above them at least have one loss, they should be number four. He's heard about Christian. in a row. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. The Red River Shootout is living up to its billing between 6th-ranked Oklahoma, 21st-ranked Texas. We are tied 48-all in <laughs> Texas with about a minute 13 to go in regulation. And Ole Miss, 17th-ranked Ole Miss, topples Arkansas, 13th, uh, yeah, 13th-ranked Razorbacks, 52-51 Ole Miss with the victory, <laughs> Arkansas, Scored on a touchdown. They went for the win with a two-point conversion. Did not get it. Ole Miss takes home the victory over the Razorbacks. That's two in a row the Razorbacks have lost. So, so K-Dog, welcome to the new SEC, right? <laughs> Shootouts, right? That's right. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Yeah. Our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Auburn with an early lead over Georgia, 3 to nothing. Just underway, about midway through the first quarter, second-ranked Georgia down to 18th-ranked Georgia, 3-0. to zero. Coming up next hour, we're going to have NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier for his thoughts on LSU and Kentucky coming up at 6.30 tonight right here on WWL. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 